What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first. First match must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. I came from a low-income family that was that was struggling. You see how hard life can get. GC became a part of my life because I don't want my family to fall back into that. I never thought education would take me this far. I'm still young. I still have a lot to do in my life and just want to get things done the way I want with a good education under me. I'm Stacy, and Grand Canyon University helped me find my purpose. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the channel. If you're brand new to the channel, you've never been to this channel before, hit that button. Subscribe to the channel. Why? Because it's the end of the year, and we're trying to get to 200,000 subscribers. We got to 100 fairly fast, and we're trying to get to 200 fast, and you guys can help us do that. All right, these are the top 10 Best movies of the year, in my opinion. These are my favorite movies of the year. I hope that you want to watch this list to see if maybe you agree. But if you disagree, doesn't mean your list is wrong. Doesn't mean my list is wrong. Just means it's my list. And I have some honorable mentions and things I'm going to mention there. But then I'm going to go through my top 10 of the year. So that being said, let me start with a few of the honorable mentions. The first is actually uh, Maestro. Maestro's a movie that I just saw recently, liked it a lot, missed the list. I thought that it is absolutely brilliant uh, performing and directing by Bradley Cooper, and I think that he does such a great job as Leonard Bernstein. Um, I think some people thought that it was slower. I liked this. I thought this was a really good biopic. I had heard some mixed things. I wound up really enjoying this one. Not enough to get it to the top 10, but definitely in one of the movies that I thought the performances alone and obviously the music of Leonard Bernstein. But Carrie Mulligan is the standout of this entire movie. I really feel like she is the front runner for Best Actress. She is so, so amazing in this role. Powerful, powerful performance. And I think that she is the front runner for the Oscar right now. All right, let me bring up The Hunger Games, a ballad of snakes, birds, and frogs, or whatever it's called. Um, I didn't expect anything from this movie at all. And I liked the first movie. I liked the first book. I liked Catching Fire. The other Mockingjay 1 and 2 were whatever, and just like the book, whatever, kind of forgettable. So when they announced that they were going to do a prequel, I'm like, why? Um and it worked for me. And I know some people thought that it was essentially two movies in one. I liked that. I liked uh, the, the the director's comments under why he didn't do two movies because he did that with Mockingjay. He kind of felt forced into it, so he didn't want to do that. It feels like a really long 
detailed episode of a television show, and I dug it. I liked what they did with Snow. I thought that it played well. I thought The Hunger Games played well. I liked the side story. So that was a movie that I was, it was more of an unexpected. It didn't really come close to the best list for me, but it was something I wanted to mention because it was just, it was kind of a shocking movie that I didn't think I would, uh, that would have an impact on. Next movie is Blackberry. Blackberry is one that I thought uh, Glenn Howerton steals this movie. It's essentially kind of the Facebook version of the Blackberry. And how that was, everybody had a Blackberry. Everybody had a Blackberry. And this movie, very much like the Blackberry, is a movie where like, oh yeah, this is a, this is a really great product. And then no one's talking about it anymore. Why? This movie is awesome. The performance is awesome. It's a great movie. Very, very close for me. Um, but again, Glenn Howerton is the reason you go and you see this movie in general. It's funny. Uh, it is, you, you learn so much about what actually happened. So go ahead and check that out. Past Lives is a movie that I had heard a lot about, and I went and I checked it out finally. I saw it on a plane, and I thought it was really good. I thought that it was, I say this, I thought it was overrated, but still really good. Everyone was talking about like it was potentially going to be like the best picture. I thought it was a really good movie, and I thought the way that they used the um, social media for that time and how that really worked to reconnect people and the will they, won't they relationship between these two people. I thought that worked wonderfully. I just, to me, it was like the hype was so big. And sometimes when the hype is so big, it doesn't always deliver. And that was for me, again, I said, it's a really good movie, cute movie, but it didn't make the top 10. The other one I put out, the, the creator is one, uh, uh, the holdovers, very close for me. The performance of Paul Giamatti, so good in that movie alone. It was I was debating. I was debating on whether or not I was going to be able to uh, put that on there. But Giamatti is so darn good in that movie in general. So we talk about that kind of in depth on the, the episode yesterday with Roca and Dan. But it doesn't quite make it there for me. But it was really, really good. All right. I'm sure there's a couple other ones that people are like, what about this one? What about that one? How come you didn't mention this? How come you didn't mention that? I either forgot or didn't make my list. That's all I can tell you. That's all I got for you. But I can tell you what's going to be on my top 10. This is the best movies of the year that I enjoyed, that I liked the most. And here we go. Coming in at number 10, Across the Spider-Verse. This is the second film in the trilogy. It started with Into the Spider-Verse, which I think can be argued for the best Spider-Man movie of all time. And this movie, the sequel, really, I think... <laughs> I think we're going to tell more once it finally comes into play how the, the the trilogy plays out. But it's a special movie. It's a really great movie, and it absolutely has the, uh, the elements of what Miles Morales is doing. And Miles is obviously the star of the film. But I think the argument could be made that it really is Gwen Stacy's story. Um, but it plays to the multiverse better than the actual MCU, what they've been trying to do with the multiverse. It has a, a, a knack on it. It's got humor on it. It has emotion on it. It really makes you care. The animation style is fantastic. It carries over from the first one. They don't even have to rely on a lot of the characters that they had in the first movie in order to make the second movie work. They add new characters. It's a special film. They add some stuff from uh, just other things in the, in the, in the, in the Spider-Verse, if you will, that doesn't feel like a gimmick. It feels like it plays. And so to me, it's a very special film and comes in at number 10 for me. All right, number nine, 
this will be more controversial, I guess, for some people. Some people will agree. And that's Killers of the Flower Moon. Martin Scorsese's latest. This movie is 73 hours and 21 minutes. Um, it's like three hours and 45 minutes, and they put it in a movie theater, and they wondered at $200 million why it didn't make a lot of money is because sitting in a movie theater, uh, unless you're someone like me or big film buff or a Scorsese fan, you're not getting a lot of people to go sit in the theater for three hours and 45 minutes. Did it need to be three hours and 45 minutes? I don't know. Subjective. Um, probably not. I think they could have probably done the same thing that Ridley Scott did with Napoleon, and that is um, make your version for the theater and then put the, the big cut on Apple. But the counter to that is that, as I mentioned beforehand, and I'll mention again here, there's a wedding scene. And this wedding scene, there's a guy dancing for, I don't know if it's a minute, two minutes, I don't know how long it is, but it's it's long. It's longer that they're holding on this guy. And the question is, why? And the answer is because it makes you feel like you're at the wedding. It makes you feel like you're there. I always felt like I was absolutely part of this um, film. And it's dark film, and it's not easy to watch. I'm probably going to watch it again only because my wife hasn't seen it, so I'm going to watch it with her. But it's not an easy watch by any means. Um Yes, DiCaprio is really good in this film. He took the role that he was supposed to, he passed on the role that was originally offered to him and then decided he wanted to take this role. He's not a likable guy, even though it's DiCaprio. They try to make him a, a, a bit likable at one point, but it's like, no, can't. You've done too much shitty stuff. De Niro is great in the film, probably one of his best performances in a, in a while. And he's had some good ones over the last couple of years, but this might be his best. But Lily Gladstone. This is Lily Gladstone's movie. I mean, she is so good in this film. So good. I had never really heard of her before. I know she'd been in other stuff before, but this was the one I was like, who's that? It's like those special performances from someone when you're watching, you're going, who is that? And Lily Gladstone has that who is that performance in this film. She is powerful. She is um, lovable. She is, she's, there's so much to it when you see the, the, just the horrible story of what happens to these people that, yeah, we're going to give you some money for your land and then we're going to steal it all back from you. Um, and the murder and the betrayal and the, 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 it's a gangster film too. It really is a gangster film. Uh, and it's, it's a hard watch, but I do think it's, it's a great film. I think it's a great film. So that's why it hits number nine on my list. All right, number eight. Here's one I didn't expect to be on my list because I didn't really know about it. I had heard of it in passing, and then a few friends said, you got to check this movie out before you make your list at the end of the year. And I said, all right, let me check it out. It's a French film, Anatomy of a Fall. It's half English, half French. Um, this movie is awesome, and it's so many different genres between drama, courtroom thriller, thriller, um, it, is so much a family drama. The story is essentially that this woman, something happens. The husband dies. Who killed the husband? What happened to the husband? Did he fall? Did someone push him? What's happening? And she is accused of it. So it's a courtroom drama. And between her and this kid, the performances, I felt like I was in these people's lives. I didn't feel like it was a movie. I felt like it was, I was, this was a real courtroom drama. I felt these performances were so authentic. And again, the music, the, um, the, the cinematography, but it's these two particular performances. This woman just takes you. You don't really know. You've got to guess as you're watching this movie, 
did she do it? Is she that good? Is she being uh, wrongly accused? What does the kid think? What the hell is going on? And you're never bored. You're always just kind of like, wait, what? How? Uh, and you're on the edge of your seat. And this movie to me delivered, as I mentioned earlier with some, I think on the honorable mention, that sometimes you get so hyped up for a film and there's so much praise for it that it doesn't always deliver. This was a lot of hype behind it. And I went, yeah, it delivered and then some. Let's talk about number seven. That is American Fiction. American Fiction was a movie I saw, I don't know, about a month, month and a half ago. It's Jeffrey Wright. He's an author, and he is so good in this movie. The author is struggling. He's teaching at this school, gets himself in trouble. Then he's got to go. He's going on vacation anyway. They say, take a break. He goes home, and he goes, and, and it's going to be a family affair. And then something happens while he's home with his family. But at the same time, he's trying to find himself He's, he's a writer. He's been an established writer, but he's kind of had this block recently. And he's also frustrated because for his culture, he feels that the African-American writer is being forced into showing the culture in one particular stereotype, in one way that 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 it's that people have seen in movies and, and TV. And he said, well, that's not me. That's not what I do. And then he does something unexpected as a goof, and it turns out to be something that changes the the course of the entire film. And his great performances, obviously, from Jeffrey Wright, Sterling K. Brown. But as I mentioned, Jeffrey Wright, he's had so many great performances over the year. But to me, I think this is his best performance ever. I really do. I think there's this is a comedy. This is a family drama. This is a family film. Um, there's so much involved in this film that it's just, uh, it was a special movie. And I laughed out loud many times throughout this film. And I'm glad I got a chance to see it. I highly recommend it. If you haven't seen American Fiction, go out of your way and find it. I'm going to hit number six here, guys. And I'm going to go to the realm of Marvel. And I'm going to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which, if you've been watching me for a little bit, may be surprising. Maybe not if you heard me talk about Guardians 3. But before I saw Guardians 3, like, there's no way this idiot's going to put Guardians 3 on his list, even if he loves it. He, he, he thought two was not great, and he thought one was fine when everyone loved it. I thought one's a really good movie. It is, it's, one's a good movie. Two, I couldn't stand when I saw it the first time, but then I've come around on it. I still think there's a lot of problems with it sometimes. The, you know, the, it, it, there's some funny jokes, but it just feels like the jokes are in there because everybody needed to tell jokes. This one, to me, is my favorite out of the three. It has the most emotion. It has the most heart. It ties it up perfectly in a bow. It doesn't have to rely on the silly the multiverse thing that they've been doing. It just ties into this kind of like the golden age of the MCU are these characters, the last of the all-stars, if you will, finishing out this story. And Rocket Raccoon, it's his entire arc that we've been asking questions about are you going to see it and what happens the high evolutionary just torturing this poor bastard and and the fact that some people had an issue with that you know the animal cruelty issue and i understand that but for me i thought that it really added to it and it also made you hate him even more so that he was picking on the damn raccoon who we love so much and it was the coming together of the entire uh crew i don't disagree if you say well warlock kind of stunk I don't disagree. I don't think the performance was bad. I just don't think that they they did anything with that character, but it didn't take away from everything that the movie did right. Um, and I think it was also coming off of, I don't know, was it Thor or Ant-Man? I think it was coming off of Ant-Man that I was like, oh no, what are they going to do here with Marvel? And it just, 
delivers. It's 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 James Gunn's last Marvel movie, and I thought he went out on a high note. And now, before I move on to the top five, I want to tell you about my sponsors. Now, I tell you about the sponsors, and if you're brand new to the show and you don't know, the sponsors is what helps the show keep going. But it's also so amazing that we have these great sponsors that we feel like you guys would like. So if you're able to and you can support the show, please do. Please consider one of our wonderful sponsors. I'm going to tell you about them right now. All right. You know as well as I do, you've been standing at that gas station. You look over and you go, oh, sexual pills. I'm going to try one of those. Don't do it. They are not good over there. Not healthy. But Joy Mode is. What is Joy Mode? When you go to the gym and you take something to help you with your workout, it's the same thing with Joy Mode. It's a sexual enhancement performer, man. It's amazing. And it works. The issue is that that over-the-counter pill it contains unregulated chemicals, it suggests unsafe doses, and it includes the risk of several other health problems. That is why we are partnered with our friends over at Joy Mode. I tried it, and man, oh man, it just makes you feel good. It's that extra pep. It's not necessarily a step, but you get what I'm talking about. Whether you're looking to spice up your intimate moments or increase your confidence in the bedroom, Joy Mode makes all natural and science-backed supplements dedicated to helping men perform better across their core functions. Their trademark product, the Sexual Performance Booster, is every man's solution for increased blood flow, firmness, stamina, and performance. It comes in a palm-sized packet like your favorite electrolyte powder. Simply mix six to eight ounces of water 45 minutes before sexual activity and watch the magic unfold. Literally. Redefine your intimacy and go to usejoymode.com for 20% off with the code BIGTHING. Appropriate. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code BIGTHING at usejoymode.com. Ingredients with integrity. Joy Mode. I always get excited when I get a chance to talk about AG1. You guys know if you've been listening to this show long enough, you know that I've been talking about them. I've been drinking them now for it's got to be at least two years. I started drinking AG1. I think Brett Sheridan told me about it. I said, you can't mess around with this, man. You got to try it. And I did. And it's a foundational nutritional supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. I've heard so many different people now talking about it since we've been talking about it on this show and how much AG1 has helped them. I talk to you guys, a lot of you guys, when we talk to do the one-on-one sessions that I do with people, they go, yeah, I started doing AG1 and I love it. It gives me the energy that I need. Parents, I found new parents love this stuff. But everybody loves it. And not only for me did I replace my multivitamin with AG1 because I was never the multivitamin guy. I would try it. And I was like, everyone's telling me, you got to do multivitamins. You got to do multivitamins. And I can't. Can't do that many vitamins. One scoop. I put it on a water bottle. I put it in a zoo cup. I shake it up. I'm good to go. I recommended AG1 to everybody, my friends, my family, you guys. And it's worked out. It's great. I get energy. I get a pep in my step. I love AG1, and you guys know how long I've been talking about it. People still, they'll, they'll tweet, and they'll or they'll X, whatever, they X me, and they say, hey, AG1, you've been talking about it forever. I'm trying it today, and they never go back. AG1 is the supplement that I trust to provide the support that my body needs daily, and that's why they've been a partner for a long time now. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D, 3K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. But you have to go to drinkag1.com slash big thing. Drinkag1.com slash big thing. Check it out. Hey, Rocket Money. How much do you guys think that you're paying 
a month on subscriptions. Yeah, that's what I thought. Most people think they're ah, 80 bucks, 82 bucks. Yeah, right. You're paying closer to around 200 bucks. And that is why I use Rocket Money. What is Rocket Money, Christian? Thank you for asking. I'm going to tell you, me. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending and it helps you lower your bills. And it's all in one place. It has over 5 million users and counting. Rocket Money has helped save its customers an average of $720 a year and $1 billion in total savings so far. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way. Go to rocketmoney.com slash thing. That's rocketmoney.com slash thing. Rocketmoney.com slash thing. All right. Thank you to AG1 Rocket Money and, of course, Joy Mode. All are in the description. Yeah, I link it in the top. It's the top comment. So please go ahead, check it out. If you can support and get yourself a gift and you're giving us a gift as well. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. All right, here it is, the top five. Number five, the Iron Claw. Zach Efron stars as Kevin Von Erich in the true story of the Von Erichs. This is not an easy watch, I will tell you that. This is a story, I am a wrestling fan, um, you don't need to be a wrestling fan in the same way you don't need to be a boxing fan if you if you like Rocky or if you like uh, any baseball movies or Friday Night Lights for football movies or the various sports movies that you don't have to necessarily be a fan for. You just focus on the human story. This is a human story. This is a tragic story. This is the story of the Von Erichs who are essentially like the Kennedys of, of wrestling. They Fritz Von Erich was a major uh, force in the wrestling business who decided to, as for people who don't know, right now, if you know about wrestling, you know about the WWE. That's what you, that's what you know. They own wrestling. Well, it wasn't always the case. There were territories throughout um, the country and little portions. Each state kind of had their big, um, their big f uh, federation. Well, the Von Erichs owned Texas. They owned Texas. And as they were trying to cross over and build the name out and go through other territories, things happened. Some for the good, mostly for the bad. And there are some incredible performances. I think that Zac Efron is absolutely being overlooked in his performance of Kevin Von Erich. I thought he was um, strong. I thought he was. He took risks. Um this was a this was a very solid performance by him. I think he he stood up for a long time. He was doing he was doing movies that we always he, his performances were always good, but it was always like the same movies that he was doing. It, it just didn't showcase his talent. This does. Lily James has a great performance in here. Uh, Jeremy Allen White plays Kerry Von Erich, which is the Von Erich that I knew. Now this is a very close story to me. I've mentioned this many times before. I lost a brother in 2018, so it was hard for me. Like, am I out of the theater reaction? I barely could hold it together when I was in the parking lot um, because it it hits that strong with loss, with family, with it, it all, with all of it. Um, so 
go into it knowing that it's going to kick your ass, but also know it's a fantastic film. So for me, number five is The Iron Claw. Number four, in no world would I have ever told you that this movie would be anywhere near my honorable mentions, much less number four in my list. Uh, I saw this movie for the first 10 minutes, and I'm like, I'm out. No, thank you. I'm done. And I turned it off. And I said, I got to finish it because I was intrigued. I didn't hate it as much as I did. I think I was just intrigued. And that is poor things. So the director, Yargos, is, uh, he, did, he did The Lobster. He did uh, Killing of the Secret Deer. And he did The Favorite. I liked The Favorite. I didn't like the other ones. I couldn't get through them. I thought they were stylistic. I thought they were directed well. I just couldn't I couldn't get through them. So I'm watching this movie for the first 10 minutes. It's in black and white. Willem Dafoe is blowing bubbles out of his mouth. And I'm like, what are we doing here? Is this Edward Scissorhands? I don't know. This is a weird movie I can't follow. I don't care. It's anything but that. Because Emma Stone is as good as they say she is in this film. She plays the character of Bella, who is um, essentially... I don't want to give anything away, but she is uh, she she is very childlike. We'll say that she's very childlike, and she does and and it's this innocence that she portrays. And this is a this is as much of a dark comedy as it's anything else. And you're really learning about her and her discovering the world and the understanding of it. And then Mark Ruffalo comes in, and it's all over for me. I I don't know if there's been a performance that has made me laugh harder. Than Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo is so good in this film. Absolutely is getting some buzz now for his best supporting actor potential for Golden Globes. Hopefully it's for Oscar as well, too. Um, he's so good. His chemistry with Emma Stone. You've never seen Mark Ruffalo like this. I think it's his best performance as well. And I think that he is going to really, if people see this movie, he's going to be talked about very much so, as well as Emma Stone, who should be. Emma Stone is, I mean, fearless in this movie, fearless. And she goes to places she's never gone before, but she's also, her timing is so good. She's always been very good at comedy, but this is also this, who Bella is and the understanding behind it and the way that we wish we could speak, but we don't because we know we shouldn't and these certain things that come out and this, it, it's like, it's, it's a really brilliant film. It really is. And I, I, I loved it. I've been raving about it since I finished it. Um, so I highly recommend it. And it's it's directed brilliantly. It's gorgeous. It's filmed. Um, at first, like I said, I thought it was like, okay, we're just going to have like, here's film school stuff. And I was so wrong. It, it was so wrong. It, it, there's so much that adds to it. It's a fantastic movie. So Poor Things is my number four. All right, we're going to hit the top three now, guys. Three, Air. I love this movie. I absolutely loved this film. Ben Affleck directing the film, back to form, working with Matt Damon, um, performances, uh, I mean, Viola Davis, uh, Jason Bateman, uh, Chris Messina, Chris Tucker, the list goes on and on and on. It's, it's, it's so good. The movie is so good, and it's just a feel-good story, the story basically of how Nike turned into the Nike we know based off of the Air Jordans. You don't necessarily – you don't need to see Michael Jordan. It's not about the story of Michael Jordan, how he became Michael Jordan. It be, it's about how this dude was able to believe in this basketball player that he knew was going to be great, and he trusted his instinct, and he went after him in order to get this shoe made in order to save Nike. And it's the story behind it, the interweaving. Um, 
it's yeah, it's just the, and the way that they capture the '80s through the music, the clothing, the authentic. Um, you could tell that Ben Affleck really took his time when it t took us into this time capsule, brought us into the '80s, told the story. Great motivational speech by Matt Damon. Matt Damon is fantastic in this. Let himself go for the role. Uh, and the back and forth between him and Chris Messina is just legendary. So this is a this is a great film. I saw it early. I don't think it's going to get a lot of uh, Oscar love, although I wish it would because it came out so early. It came out like April. But it's if you have a chance to see it, I think it's on Amazon Prime. Great film, just a great movie. And I think and it's nice to see Affleck back doing what he's really great at with directing. This is this is one of his best as far as directing goes. All right. Here's two. Here's one. Now, here's how we're going to play this game, everybody. Before I even announce my number two, I want you to guess it. I want you to guess number two and then guess number one. But I want you to do it now. I want you to go into the comment section, start putting in there now, and be honest. Like, say, see if you got it right. See if you got it wrong. List, list your my, what you think my two is. List what you think my number one is. And then I'm going to say both of them. And don't go back and edit it. I'll see that you edited it. Um, but let's see who's right and who's wrong. Let's play that game. Let's have some fun. And also, pure honesty, it also helps the algorithm. But it also lets us play a game together. Go ahead and do the two. Go ahead and do the one. Let's play a game. Let's have some fun. All right, here we go. You ready? You're writing it down. Did you pause it? Did you unpause it? All right, you unpaused it. So here we go. Number two, Oppenheimer. That's right, Oppenheimer. Let me be clear. I think this is the best made film of the year. Not my favorite, almost but it's definitely the best made film. I'm watching it again right now with my wife. Um, and when you say, how are you watch it right now? You're doing a video because we, because we're old people with children. So what we do now is we, we pause at, at times because we've got to go to sleep. So we don't want to ruin it. We come back, we watch it again. So we're going to watch, we're going to watch the, the rest of it tonight. But I, mm -hmm. I saw it in the theater. I saw it in IMAX. This movie is, I mean, gorgeous. The music, um, the, this is the directing. And I feel like I've said this eight times already. This is, this list so far features some of the best works from some people, whether it's Jeffrey Wright or Paul Giamatti in their performances. Um, uh, this is uh, Mark Ruffalo in his performance, but Nolan could be in the conversation for one of his best movies. What he does with Oppenheimer and the story he tells and the dilemma uh, of, of what's going on with this guy who's brilliant and what he does is should you be that brilliant? If you can be, maybe you should be. And how are you going to feel when you know you can do what you do and then you do it? Um, Killian Murphy is probably going to win Best Actor. Robert Downey Jr. should win Supporting Actor, although if Ruffalo beats him, I'm not going to be as upset as I was going to be. Um, but I think that Downey is just a shoe in for it. Great performances by Emily Blunt, Matt Damon again. There's uh, uh, Josh Hartnett, so good in this film. But the story of Robert Oppenheimer and showing his place with the nuclear bomb, quantum physics in general, everything that he that he did and his story, the battle between uh, his ties to the communism and and the trial. That's the whole thing. This movie is essentially a trial film. It really is. It's a courtroom for the most part. Um, and the way that it's edited and pieced together really has it's it's riveting. And oh, I love it. It's a great movie. It really is a great film. It's classic filmmaking, and it adds to the legacy of Christopher Nolan as one of the greatest. I mean, it really does. He's already up there as one of the greatest. 
his movies are event films now. When they come out, you have to see them. You have to see what this guy's going to do next. It's like watching, I just watched Maestro, and it's the same thing. It's like watching Nolan just do this. And this movie is, is it's, it's perfect. It really is. So why is it not number one? Well, because number one is coming. And here it is. Number one, my favorite movie of 2023 is Godzilla Minus One. Oh, man, this movie. You know why? Because this movie, to me, because Nolan doesn't need to change anything. Nolan doesn't need to change a damn thing about how he's making movies. Godzilla Minus One should be all of Hollywood sitting down going, we need to change how we're making blockbusters. Now, I'm going to stop you right now. You're going to go, oh, yeah, you're going to tell me that it only costs $15 million. Well, that's not how... Japanese uh, labor works. They they don't have they don't do the same things and they don't uh, do overtime and all that. So fifteen million is really like fifty million here or hundred here. Fine, let's say it's a hundred million. It's not two hundred and fifty million. It's not three hundred and seventy five million. These ridiculous budgets and the other thing it had characters I cared about. I wanted to see these humans. I wanted to see the story of this kamikaze pilot who essentially lost his nerve, wanted wanted to live. And then he, the world, the war is over. He's like, okay, I didn't do my duty here. I've got to live with myself. And then something happens with this big freaking lizard. And then he's got to live with that. Then he's got to go back to Japan. Then he meets some other people. Then he's got to figure out what he's going to do. He meets, he meets a woman. And now he's got to figure out how he's going to balance that. And then he's got to get a job. And he meets some people there. And we learn about these people. I just saw Aquaman, the second one. There's a character in there that they want you to know who she is, and she's screaming and yelling the whole time. And then you're like, you, you, when Aquaman finally f fights her at the end, you're like, eh, go Aquaman, you just got, who was that? I don't know anything about her. I know everything about these characters in this movie, Godzilla Minus One. They set it up. They let you know. They make you care. And so when Godzilla shows up, he earns it. A lot of times in these Transformers movies, the Godzilla movies, I don't care about the humans. It's like, just get me to the monsters. I cared and I wanted to see the human stories they were telling me. So when Godzilla did show up, it was like, boom, boom, boom. And when you get to the end, it's like they, they give you some emotional twists, some emotional turns. It's, it's just gorgeous. The special effects. This is a special, special film. It is, again, we're talking about the best ever of certain things, whether it's directing or acting. This is the best Godzilla movie, hands down. Out of all the Godzilla movies, this is the best Godzilla film. And it is the best blockbuster I've seen in a very long time. Wasn't a movie I was expecting to even see in the movie theater, but I was recommended it highly by a lot of different people. Had to go and see it. I took my 12-year-old to see it. She loved it. Never seen a Godzilla movie. She was wrapped in on the characters. Tears in her eyes. Tears in my eyes. This is a really, really beautiful film. I hope it's nominated. It won't be, but I hope it does get nominated. Um, but that's my list, guys. That's my list. That's my top ten, my best movies. What did you guys think of the list? Did you get the? Did you get it right? I guess I'll find out in the comments section. Uh, what were some of yours? Give me your list. I want to hear your list. Movies that you loved, movies that you liked, movies that you thought should have been on my list. All that and more. Make sure you do it. I got more lists coming. I'm gonna do a TV list. We got a comic book. Uh, the I I don't think we're gonna go best of. We're just going to talk about the comic book movies and TV shows that were in 2023 because there was a lot of clunkers, and that'll be up on Friday. Uh, and then I'm going to do Most Anticipated next week. So be part of the channel, man, right there. If you're able to, click that button, subscribe to the channel, 
I appreciate you very much. I appreciate you being here. And I'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us. Peace.